Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Bri. Why didn't we record after game one instead of game two? I was in San Francisco <laughs> and I only got to catch the second and the fourth quarter. So I only saw the Draymond ejection and then John missing the layup for the Warriors to win it. You didn't even go to uh, the Chase Center and go hang out with all the crazies? Oh, goodness. No, not even. I, I was looking at some eight, eight, uh, wow, Oracle Park now. I was, I was looking at uh, some Giants times, but. Didn't fit the schedule. Uh, okay, so game two, Warriors versus Grizzlies. It was uh, a lot like game one, I felt. A little bit more of a Memphis version of game one. I felt in game one, the Warriors did not play great, but they still played well enough to win. Some of that was Memphis didn't play great in clutch time. In this game, it was kind of the other way around. I thought the Warriors, again, didn't play great. Neither did Memphis. But when it came down to it, push comes to shove, you had one guy who's able to create his own shot, who's able to get to the hole, who's able to get... Uh, I don't know how many shots John made in a row, but in the paint, it was ridiculous. And the Warriors don't ha- didn't have that. Now, Steph was trying to go to the hole. And, you know, th- this is this is something that they don't have, which is it'd be nice for when Steph goes to the hole to be able to drop it off. And then have a finisher, but they, that that's just not the way that they play. So uh, rough game. I thought you know Memphis just made the shots when they needed to make the shots, and uh, that was really that was really the story is, is, is shot making, and you know that's basketball in, nut, in a nutshell, kind of. But let's talk about some of the main the main topics here. The my three points that I that I that I wrote up. So game starts really chippy. And it goes against the Warriors again. Game one, Draymond makes an unfortunate swipe that hits Brandon Clark in the face. And he gets a flagrant two, gets kicked out. Now they they go on and they win without him, which was awesome. But in game two, I don't know, what are we, three minutes into the game? And Dylan Brooks throws a, a clothesline at Gary Payton's head. And Gary Payton is going to the ground. And like you're never supposed to do when you go to the ground, he posted his arm and it seems like maybe he hyperextended his elbow, but I didn't see they, they didn't have a good angle of his elbow doing anything other than breaking his fall. And they lose, you know, the guy who is uh, whose job is to really guard jaw in these late game situations. They very much missed him today. And then soon thereafter, uh, Xavier Tillman, throws an errant elbow though this was more a sort of a reaction it wasn't purposeful in at all but it hit Draymond in the eye and Draymond's eye was kind of swollen so game starts really chippy for the second time in a row and again the Warriors are, are the ones who who get the worst of it and I I didn't know if Gary Payton being out was going to really affect them but with two minutes left in the game I thought it really affected them I mean, do we need to pull up John Morant's stat line to show, you know? I um, mean, geez, it's ridiculous. Ja was, uh, if, you, if you just take away his, his three-pointers, he was uh, 10 for 19 and then 12 of 13 from the line. 
the three pointers, he still shot them well too. Five of 12, 41%, 42%, eight rebounds, eight assists. He's a plus 13. There's a moment, it was right at the end of the third quarter. I'm not exactly sure what happened. Uh, Kaminga and him got tangled up. And so, yeah, I guess maybe he got his eye poked or he got his eye scratched. And he was, he was, he looked like he was really hurting, but he sat in the beginning of the fourth, like normal and came back. It was totally fine. It just was a killer, an absolute killer. Yeah. Um, I mean, John Morant said that, and we didn't see, like, that was weird. I thought they would at least replay that for us to see it, but I wasn't sure if Kaminga poked him. You know, you mentioned that he could have poked himself by accident. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, we don't really know what happened. There. I guess yeah. it's easy to probably say Kaminga poked him. Um, but yeah, John Morant was literally saying on the court that he can't see. It was the possession to end the third quarter. And I, I forgot who had the ball. It might have been Melton or Jones. Kind of was like, okay, we don't have anything. Let's kick it to Jaw. And Jaw's like waving at his face, like, I can't see. I need to pass mm-hmm. this to someone. So, I mean, John Morant couldn't see for three minutes. I felt like Draymond Green couldn't see for the whole game. That eye looked, <laughs> that eye looked tough. <laughs> like, it looked like he was playing with one eye that whole game. You know, this game, this game is, it, it, there, there's so many moments in a basketball game where you go, if this thing happened this way instead of this way, it kind of changes the trajectory of the game. And there's a loose ball where Draymond, as the bigger player, goes up with Ja. And Ja, because he's the smaller player, him and Draymond's bodies collide and Ja's body flails out to the side. And Draymond gets called for a loose ball foul. And I don't exactly remember what the score was. I think it was one point either way. But if the Warriors get that, and then they run, and then they can score, then that changes it. But Ja gets the call. They they get the ball back out and and it, it kind of stops any momentum. Game is just is a bunch of flukes and a bunch of uh, things that happen. And if they happen a different way, then you know you could see it. But that's what's that's what makes the game so fun. You know you can't go oh let's replay this every single time. Yeah, uh, and you know that 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 would just make it a, a really bad game. But yeah, there's there's moments and, in in every game where I'm sure Memphis probably says the same thing in game one. And I mean, that's what they're trying to avoid is all these, a lot of replay. It was a lot of replays last year, at least in the regular season. I remember this specifically, there was a Warriors Blazers game where it was just every five seconds, there was a replay to see if it was called out on the right person or if it was just a foul or not. It was, it was ridiculous. But with that specific Draymond play, I believe you're talking about, um, it was one of those where it felt like you think like, okay, do they have a challenge? But at the same time, it's one of those fouls where, I guess if it's in the middle of the game, it could be a foul. But if it's late game, regardless of what you think, late game fouls, like when it's crunch time, those fouls are usually different than like a regular foul. It usually you play a little more. You they they let you play a little bit more at the, the end. The refs don't want to decide the games because they don't want to be the reason why a team wins or loses. Exactly. And I thought that that was one of those where you don't call it at the in the crunch time. But if you go and review it and you look for conclusive evidence to turn it over, you won't find it. Yeah. So it was one of those unfortunate ones. Yeah, and look, Dr- Draymond, um, you know, he even said in his podcast, which I didn't listen to because I don't like podcasts, uh, the style in which he does them. I think they could be very entertaining. It's just not kind of what I like information rather than opinion so much. And but, he has no one pushing back against him. No, yeah, I, I mean, I would love to to go back and forth with him. Uh, and, uh, you know, our, our buddy Ben... Uh, he was talking about he produced Draymond's first podcast with Marcus Thompson. And I only remember hearing maybe one or two episodes with with Marcus and Draymond. Uh, and Marcus is, would be a great guy to, to push back because Marcus has got respect. He's very smart and he's slick in, in, in what he can say. And he could, you know, he, he, he could be he could have fun with it. But, yeah, you know, just, just Draymond by himself. I'm, I'm just not that interested. But um, he even said, like. Some of this is just my reputation. Now, that didn't make me feel good as a Warriors fan because I'm like, well, you know, then we're going to get the butt end of every one of these calls. Um, but overall, I thought I thought they played hard. You you know, the, no, nobody left it, left anything out there. And, and both teams like the both, you know, Desmond Bain is playing and this guy can barely walk. It seems like he, he, he tweaked his back in some way. Uh, you know, Clay's got the knee injury. Steph's got the foot thing. Draymond had the calf thing, which was the back thing. Like, no, nobody's 100% in any way. Jaws crash into the floor every game. And you watch and you go, 
these guys leave it all out there, and that's what makes the that's what makes playoffs so great. Yeah. Um. I mean, Clay was tough tonight. <laughs> I'm assuming that's going to be one of your points. It, it'll be one. Of, it'll be one of our points. Well, you know, we're not going to blame Clay for the whole thing, but yeah, I no. did. Th- I did think that he's trying to heat check himself into getting hot. And there are opportunities for him to make plays not shooting the basketball that I don't think he sees. Okay, while we're on this first topic, though, of the game starts chippy, I this was reminiscent of the Dylan Brooks play. It was reminiscent of Grayson Allen on Alex Caruso that mm-hmm. everyone deemed pretty dirty, pretty intentional. It got, it got Grayson Allen a suspension. I forgot how many games. Can you see something like that happening to Dylan Brooks, especially in the playoffs? No, I don't think so. And the reason why is because he's not the big bad wolf, you know, the warriors have the big bad wolf. And I think it would create this. uh, And and some of it is the playoffs, right? Some of it is in the regular season. If you miss five games, you just miss five games in the playoffs. If you miss one game, that is a large chunk of the playoffs. You know, the thing that I was actually kind of frustrated with when I was looking at these, uh, the the way that they do these flagrants in these texts is so let, let's say Draymond gets to four points then he misses a game if he gets another point he misses another game that's crazy and then if he gets like another one I think he misses two it's two something games. like that yeah and yet um I forgot uh, Kerr had mentioned it and he was saying something like y- you know you could play one game and the points are the same as if you played every single game in the NBA playoffs, like you don't get any bonus points for playing longer. It's just the same rule for everybody, mm-hmm. which is kind That's of silly. That's a valid point. Yeah, yeah I, I, I it agree is kind of silly. I will say though, what we we didn't um, report yet is that Gary Payton the second has a fractured left elbow. He will have an MRI tomorrow, and then from Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, the NBA will have a decision to make on further punishment for Dylan Brooks, who was ejected for the flagrant two foul that led to Peyton's injury. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I know Kerr is very mad. Oh yeah. Um, so here's the quote from, from Anthony Slater. The line is pretty clear. You don't hit a guy when he's in midair, club him or break his elbow. That's where the line is. And he said that Dylan Brooks broke the code. You know, there's something for having a coach who's won a lot of championships because he has seen a lot of basketball from when he was with the Bulls, when he was with the Spurs, when he was the the GM, when he was doing the playoffs. And I, I find it interesting that he is so aggressive going after the other team, not because I don't think he, you know, I don't think he's being fake. I don't think he's, I think he really believes it. More so just the bulletin board stuff for the other team, right? You're kind of like inspiring the other team to really get upset at you, which could enhance, you know, maybe make their goals a little bit more clear. I I find it to be super intriguing that he is so aggressive when he sees stuff like that. I mean, but he's speaking his truth. But at the same time, I feel like there's a little bit of tact to it. There's a little bit of strategy to it where you can maybe... You know, maybe you keep it in your locker room, and then when you come to the the podium, you know, you say it in a different way. But he's, I mean, he's just a a, a truthful guy, right? He he sees it and he has to say it. And uh, if I'm if I'm Dylan Brooks, I kind of go and like, you know, why is this coach going at me so hard? You know, <laughs> I get it if it's Draymond or if it's Steph. If they want to call me, I'm going to take their call, but not their coach. You know. I mean, maybe it's a little context. I don't I don't know if Kerr's thinking about it at the moment, but it seemed like GP was finally, you know, last man on the rotation. It was him or Avery Bradley. He, yeah. he get, gets GP. He was on the team the year before as a two-way guy. And it seemed like he was finally healthy for a stretch of games to get some playoff run. Had an amazing game five against Denver. Looked like he had a really good game one, although I missed most of it against, He's, against uh, Memphis. He and was excellent. He was exactly. really excellent. What uh, Tim Kawakami did say, though, is, Kawakami's at the game, so he's not seeing any of the TNT interviews. And he was saying, like, Kerr looks really animated. Someone tell me what he said on that TNT interview after the first quarter. And it was basically, like, the reporter was kind of saying, like, uh, it was a very physical first quarter. And Kerr was like, it wasn't physical. Like, that was dirty. It was dirty, yeah. 
And so, I mean, they're going to, the Grizzlies are going to see that on replay when, oh, yeah. after the game for sure. You know, and the other thing about that, and I'm just thinking from a psychological perspective, obviously, the NBA locker room is probably just, you know, an insanely competitive, but also very, like, in order to play at the high level that these guys play at and to be able to control their emotions, there is a mental mastery that those guys have, right? They're able to, like, forget about all the crowd that's there yelling and screaming at them. And they're able to focus on the game. There's like, they don't get enough credit for that part of the NBA. People just think it's athletics and, and everything. No, no, no. There's a mental mastery that these guys have. And so inside that locker room, uh, if you're the Warriors, I feel like you're like, look, we can win without GP. And I feel like what Kerr is saying is, they just took out one of our aces and now I'm frustrated in, in, in so many words, like I'm sure that's not the focus of it. The focus is my guy is hurt. He works so hard. Like you said, he works so hard to make this team. He's, he's done so much. And to take that away from him with a dirty play, I get that piece of it. But the other piece of it is like, now what are we going to do without him? And I feel like if I'm Jordan Poole or I'm Steph or I'm clay Wiggins, I take that to heart and go, Oh, like now I have to step up a little bit more on defense because this guy is killing us. And if and if GP's there, you know, he, the, he probably doesn't hurt them as often as he did late in the game. And, it, it, and it may be a little bit of a different game. Agreed. Um, the last thing I will say is I, I'm not sure if this is confirmed or not. I feel like I've seen this when it was between GP and Avery Bradley. Bob Myers wanted Bradley. Steve Kerr heavily vouched for Gary Payton. Not sure if that's yeah, true. I, so I don't remember what happened. The one thing I do remember is that the players wanted Bradley, like Steph yeah. and Draymond and those guys. Yeah. They wanted Bradley because that's like, he's an OG. He knows what it's like. He's been here before. We don't know that about Peyton. At least we know that about Avery Bradley. Steph and they, literally called Bradley one of the best players to guard him in that interview that you're referencing. Yeah. So, very, yeah, it's very interesting. This whole The way the whole thing works from... You know, the, the preseason until now, it's it's part of the story and it's part of the process of everything, which which makes it so intriguing. Okay, so let's get to what my my second point is. There was a Jekyll and Hyde Wiggins game. And I, I feel like because of what he is asked to do, the offensive piece of this is I think most fans are are willing to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. He's playing a lot of four. He's rebounding his butt off. He's battling inside. Marcus Thompson had a really good piece on him today about being able to play the four. And Wiggins just saying like, it's just, I just got to do it. The guy, the guy had nine rebounds tonight. He had uh, 16 points. And when he was able to slash, when, when he was able to cut and, and get, uh, get advantageous matchups. He w- he was great. If you take away his three pointers, he's a five of eight from the field and three of four from the line, one of seven from three point land. And I kind of wonder, like, if you were to ask him, if you were being, if he was being honest, he if he's being honest, he probably doesn't make any excuses whatsoever. Like it, like in his in his own honesty, because he's not going to make an excuse to to you know, why did I miss this shot. But if you get him kind of away from the cameras and away from the microphones, I wonder if he's just like, man, this is hard. Like these playoffs are hard. I am tired. My body hurts. I don't have the lift. And so if that is the case, you know, they have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, off. They play Saturday, right? I think it's Saturday. I think it's Saturday. I think it's Saturday and Monday. Yeah. Um, so they have three days off, and maybe some of that is, okay, let's get Wiggs, his legs back. Maybe we get Andre back. Maybe Andre helps us with that GP role, whatever it is. But I, the hard part is you can't, you can't really be upset at Wiggins missing these shots because he is so effective on the other end. And it's not only the nine rebounds. It's the keeping the ball alive, tapping the ball up in the air so that your boy Otto Porter gets the rebound, right? It's he, he's, he's defending you know, at the top of the key. So it's a lot of jaw stuff. And I'm not saying that he's doing the the greatest job on jaw. He, he, you know, he's, he's going from guarding Brandon Clark 
on uh, on one possession and then jaw on another possession, which is a, just a wide scope. But uh, I, I I think I think Warriors fans are probably a little frustrated that he's missing those threes. But I feel like they understand basketball enough to be like, yeah, he he might be missing these shots, but gosh, he's just doing so much on the other end for us. I I would like to think that's what all Warriors fans think, but I, I don't know if totally the case and what they think. Um, but I'm with you. I'm I'm right there with you. Wiggins was I mean, Eric, I think Eric said it. It was just like a classic Wiggins experience when we had him on the podcast because it's just like a like you said, the Jekyll and Hyde stuff. So um but yeah, one for seven from three, that is that that's tough. But like I was saying that Otto Porter was just so awesome in offensive rebounding. Like you said, Wiggins kind of makes the physical play and then maybe tips it to Otto Porter Jr. I think the mm-hmm. underrated thing for both of them there is I wonder if there's a stat like how many fouls, how many fouls they drew just being so physical, being surrounded by three Grizzlies and just getting up as high as you can. Mm-hmm. And then they just the Grizzlies will get called for a foul there. I thought that was super valuable. Or, um, or in, in Jaron Jackson's opinion. No way that was a foul. That guy fouls the most <laughs> of anybody I've ever seen who then is so dismayed when he gets called for a foul. Like I can't every believe time you didn't whistle, think that last one was. Every time the whistle blows on Jaron Jackson, he should just raise his hand and go, yeah, you guys got me. Because <laughs> they're, yeah. all, they're all fouls. Um, I, yeah, I think I think every, like, when you when you when you were friends or when you're as close to someone as you are like Jordan Poole and Jaron Jackson Jr. I feel like I pay a little bit more attention to the to like the communication they have in games to see how competitive they are and they're both uber competitive. Yeah. But I think there was a clip where Jaron you could see Jaron Jackson's arguing that foul. He's fouled out and he's telling the ref that's not a foul. It's not a foul. And Poole's just kind of like looking at him the whole time and they're like right next to each other. The camera's zo- uh, zoomed in and Poole's like that was a foul. <laughs> that, that was yeah. funny. But I mean, for he, Wiggins he, though. He was upset because he got suckered by Draymond. Is is what? I oh mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Wiggins had like, oh my god, I jumped out of my seat on that dunk. Uh, it's like the best, I think it's the best dunk I've seen all year. <laughs> yeah, I mean crazy. that one, the cat one. I mean, a couple Kaminga ones, but that one was the like, jaw. The jaw one later was also awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he jumped from so far away. It was crazy and just hung. Yeah, Jesus. Clay, Clay was like. I'm gonna not. I'm just gonna move out of the way. Mm-hmm. This is it, I mean, not gonna if, be good if, for me. Uh, I don't. I don't want to keep predicting or you know knock on wood. But if the Warriors continue to like advance, this is like this has to go on par with some of the toughest competition in terms of big name players that they faced. Like you go from Jokic MVP, John Morant will finish top five in MVP this year. He's had a hell of a year. You see Devin Booker who finished in top five MVP this year, or you see Luca who was top six. And then and then if you go uh, if you keep going, it's ugh, Jesus. Well, Christ, I, the these- way I look at it is I go back to the beginning of this when they were win- winning championships, right? LeBron four years in a row, James Harden when he was at the peak of his power, Chris Paul when he was, you know, he's, he, he's still, he's in the later years of his career. He's still, he's still good, but you know, the, the Houston had signed him to, to beat the Warriors and they, they beat Chris Paul. Um, ju- you know, you see those guys and, Josh just as good as the best guys that the Warriors have played in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That is so crazy. And the thing is, is like I'm I'm like, you know, we're we're watching the games and I'm screaming out defense on uh, on things and Jock goes up with the left hand and I go, okay, Clay, here's what's gonna happen. He's gonna go right underneath your arm and he's gonna scoop it. Just don't even play the up, don't even play that because he's not gonna go, he's not gonna come here. He's good, he likes to do the scoop. Play the scoop. And Clay didn't play the scoop. He didn't hear me. I'm just, come on, Clay, play the scoop. And he's, he's not listening. But, like, you know, you watch him, and it just seems like, can't we, like, block one of these shots? Like, like, but he's he hangs in the air for so long. He's so graceful. He's, like, it's almost like he's able to jump, and then, like, he can analyze while he's in there. And this was, like, this was Michael Jordan. This is exactly what Michael Jordan would do. Michael would jump. And he would analyze the situation and go, okay, now I see everything. And here's how I have to finish either on top of you, underneath you, or take the bump and finish. Like, Jaw can see all of that stuff. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he, how he was able to play if the Warriors did have a, a real shot blocker. And I, I don't want to bring up the, the Rudy Gobert uh, rumor that I heard mm. from uh, Brian Windhorse, 
because I think him and Draymond don't like each other very much. But um, like it would be interesting to see like if the Warriors did have a legit shot blocker, would that change what Ja did? Would he do more more floaters? Probably more floaters. Uh, probably more pull up, you know, mid range stuff, and not as much attacking the basket. But when the 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 guy guarding the basket is six six Draymond, and you could essentially just jump over him. You're not as scared going in the, going in there, and and it, it's just amazing to see that guy's just he's terrific. Totally. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to push the Rudy Gobert. It was fun pushing the Rudy Gobert <laughs> stuff, predicting him to the Suns to when the it's Suns. your team. I'm like, uh, I don't know, because it would be Wiggins. And so yeah. here was here was my argument. Now, I, I it's not that I like him or don't like him, and he makes a lot of money, so it'd have to be this trade off of you know someone else doesn't get paid. But I was saying, what if? Him and Draymond together as the defensive four and five, and Draymond plays a can play his free safety role. Rudy covers the middle, and then you just have the wings just run, you know, running around the the, the perimeter. It's kind of intriguing. And then he would just play the Javale role on offense, right? He would just kind of hover around the rim. You'd throw it up for lobs, and he would essentially he wouldn't touch the ball unless he was uh, in, a, in a dribble handoff, and that, that would be it, really. And mm-hmm. I think it could work, but yeah, it doesn't seem like the right mix of personalities there. For do you, do you, the I feel like it would be the, the greatest defensive duo of all time in terms of like... Yeah, who's better? Who would be better? The front court. Yeah, I can't, I can't even I think. Like I mean, Rodman, yeah. Pippen, and MJ. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 you know, those are your three, four, three, two, three, four. But as a four, four five, a yeah, four, five yeah. yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Bill Russell and I guess whoever you put next to Bill Russell. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move off of wigs. But really, shooting for the Warriors is it was the biggest issue. And this this number that I'm going to put up, it hurts and it hurts bad. Clay, Steph, JP, and Wiggs were three of thirty seven from three, and I feel like one of those shouldn't count for Steph because he banked it in. Um, there was a moment where I thought he was going to get really hot. He, he made one and then he came down. It was one of those actions where he's dribbling and he's kind of in the middle and he's looking at guys and it's sort of forcing the Grizzlies to run at guys. And they just kind of forget about clay or forget about Steph. And he kind of pulls up from, uh, maybe just off to the right from the top of the key. And he missed the complete rim and hit the other side of the backboard. And I was like, it's just not. It's just not going to be one of because every time Clay shot, we're in your mind. You're thinking he's got to make one. If he makes one, then he can make two. But every like you know, you you want to know the Clay shot where I'm just like I don't even have to watch. He's going to miss. Is when he takes more than three dribbles. The defense knows exactly what he's doing. They want him to do it. He takes a couple dribbles, sticks his butt into, and tries to do the Dirk fadeaway. Fade away baseline. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, okay, you, you you can make one, but I want you to shoot that shot every single time if I'm the defense. And, and as a Warriors fan, I'm like, this is the worst shot you could possibly take <laughs> in, in this offense because he takes it early in the shot clock. There's no rebounders. I feel like the players are like, oh, we just got to let Clay do it because that's just, he's trying to get himself hot. But yeah, it was, it was a rough game for him. I kind of feel bad for him because you know how hard he takes it. I mean, you remember in the in the regular season, like he was sitting there with his head in his hands and just like, I got to be better. I got to be better. Mm-hmm. I feel he's probably, you know, the feels the worst out of anybody tonight. Um, maybe, maybe except for Draymond, because Draymond's probably got a giant headache from uh, <laughs> and the GP's elbow. And GP's got his, a broken elbow. And then GP's got a broken elbow. <laughs> but, you know, I think he's, he's super hard on himself. The only thing that I would like to see from him is... You, he doesn't have to shoot so contested. That That's not the proof that you are a good shooter is by making contested threes. The, the proof for him should be, I got to make the pass and then relocate and then get an open three, just like Steph does, right? Just like the, just like the, the guy in the backcourt with him, which he does, you know, when, when he does it, it's great. But I think he needs to start doing that a little bit more because I think his in his mentality is like, I need to prove that I'm still the best, and thus, 
you know, I'm going to shoot over these guys because I'm taller than these guys, and it has not been working. Uh, Clay was 2 of 12 from three-point land today. He only took seven non-three-pointers. He made three. Uh, and the other thing is that, you know, two rebounds, three assists. He doesn't really do the other stuff when he's just throwing them up. Like, I, I feel like it should be a little bit reversed in that, um, you know, Clay is five of 19. And I, I feel like I could live with five of 14, but let's spread those other shots, those other five shots to, to Jordan Poole or Steph. You know, I, I, I'm watching that game. I thought Jordan Poole played that crap. Jordan Poole's a plus two, and he had 20 points. It's just he had the foul trouble because he had to play the 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 GP minutes, uh, you know, on defense. But I, I feel like I have such a less uh, su- such less patience with Jordan. And then I watch Jordan, and Jordan played better than Clay. Jordan shot better than Steph. And you look at it and you go, man, you know, maybe, just maybe, we trust this guy a little bit more because they were late in the game. I think the Warriors were down four, maybe three or four. Steph, it it has the ball. Jordan Poole's coming all the way around the left side. He cuts all the way to the right corner. And it's, it's quite possible that there was some extended arms in Steph's way to not pass the ball, but there was no defender on Poole. And if he kicks that shot out and Jordan Poole makes that shot, it's a different game. But Steph just ate it and was like, oh, let me find Clay. And then clank. That I can't believe it. Like looking down at the line, two for 12, Clay, three for 11, Steph, one for seven, Wiggs, one for six, Jordan Poole. Like that's yeah. so, that is so tough. Seven of 38 from three point as a team. You know, Minnesota shot better. They made twice as many, they took seven more threes. Uh, but they also made 20 out of 21 free throws. I think it was Looney who missed two. Uh, GP missed one, but that was because he had the bad elbow. A broken like, elbow. This poor guy's got to shoot the shoot the uh, free throw with a bad elbow. Wiggs missed one. But really, like that's not where the game is lost. The game is just lost in, A, the, the shooting is just horrendous. And it's not like, you know, yeah, Clay took some contested ones. Steph took a couple of contested ones. But Wiggins, wide open. There were some wide open Jordan Poole ones. Otto Porter could get any shot he wanted if he wanted, if he wanted it, right? He could have any shot, you know, that 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 he could want. He, it's right there for the taking, but he doesn't want to shoot it. Um, yeah, so so you know, those are the main points. And look, you know, Ja is he is a superstar of superstars. I think they're playing him defensively okay. But it's just when he decides, okay, I'm not going to shoot this long three. I'm just going to take your best, your you know, your defender one on one. They just can't stop him. Like, I wonder what hap- what would happen if they throw a guy at him earlier in that motion and live with the other guy shooting. But that's kind of not been the strategy. They they don't want the other guys involved. They want him to have a high usage rate, which worked in game one, but did not work in game two. But your boy. Zaire Williams, four of eight from three. And these are wide open jaw threes, right? The reason why mm-hmm. he's got wide open threes is because jaw. Um, Jaron Jackson, uh, he had actually, you know, he he was a plus. So defensively, he mattered. But three of 14 shooting, two of seven from three. Uh, Desmond, poor Desmond Bain. I, I, I'll say poor Desmond Bain after this series is over. I don't feel that bad for him sucking. <laughs> but you can tell he's clearly hurt. Um, but Brandon Clark, 4-4, I don't think he meant a whole lot because uh, they sort of figured out what they wanted to do with him. He was a minus 17. The only the the only uh, minus who played uh, big minutes, actually, DeAnthony Melton played 25 minutes. He's minus two, but um, Brandon Clark, minus 17. Kyle Anderson, they figured him out, which is crazy because I feel like Kyle Anderson always kills them. But I like seeing it. I like seeing them uh, them being able to defend him. Uh, you you said that Draymond is treating him like Aaron Gordon. It felt like very Aaron Gordon treatment. Like I'm just gonna try to get you mentally psyched out. Like here, have the three. You'll probably yeah. you could be like you're probably capable of hitting one, but he is capable of hitting one, obviously. But Draymond, you know, for, it's like the mental. Yeah, trying to get him mentally. Do you know they treat Draymond like that too? He just doesn't. He just doesn't let it. He doesn't fall for it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. You can. Yeah, you can, exactly. I'm not gonna shoot it. <laughs> but um. Oh. Oh, you know what that music means. I know what that means. (laughs) It is time 
for the Kamingo Watch. Now, me, you, and uh, Ben Cruz, we were chit-chatting, and and you were like, oh, I can't wait for this Kamingo Watch. Like, he mattered. It wasn't the second quarter, I feel like. He had a, a really good quarter, and I know he played a little bit late, but maybe not enough for my taste. I don't. I still. I think they still don't trust him. But I liked the minutes. I really liked his minutes. Uh, he had nine points, but he was a. Uh, he was even for for the plus minus. So you know he wasn't giving it up too much on the other end. But what did you think about Kaminga tonight? I I liked his minutes. I do think that where they don't trust him, I could be wrong, but you know, we were saying in the chat, like, Oh, he just looked off Steph. Oh, he just looked off clay. So maybe it's just offensively. They don't totally trust him. (laughs) I feel like he's good defensively, but maybe when jaw tries to ISO, he might make a dumb foul. Like he was doing earlier in the season. Um, But watching Kaminga tonight, it honestly felt, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it felt like I was just watching Minnesota versus Memphis again. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, drunk series. (laughs) He was just all over the place, man. But the Warriors, the Warriors definitely could use it at at the right, at the right moments. And um, I thought that, I thought that he was good. I thought that he was really good for them. They, they used him, I thought, uh, in a, in a good situation and, and where he, he could excel. I, I, my guess is where they frustrate or where he frustrates them is when he always has to ask Draymond who he's supposed to guard. (laughs) I don't know if you see that, but he'll like point. He's like, and then they point. He's like, okay, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't know. Like, maybe it's just like a... Yeah, I don't uh, know. Uh, maybe it's a moment of nervousness or something. But I feel like, you know, there's only five guys on the court. And everyone's going to their guy, which kind of leaves your guy. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know why he's he's confused about that. But I love I love watching him play. He is a... You know, he's someone who you're kind of like... I wish this was Kaminga three years from now because if we had that Kaminga, we would blow this Memphis team out of the water. Mm-hmm. And, and the basketball doesn't work that way. Uh, you know, they'll probably have to make a decision on Wiggs after next year, and Kaminga could be could slide into that spot. But uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun watching him. And it was fun. I it think- was fun watching him tonight. Like you say, how uh, John Morant and and MJ are able just to get in the air and analyze. Yeah. I saw one of those from Kaminga tonight, and I hope that that continues. Like he he develops that because that's very useful. Like as athletic as he is, if he could just get up in the air as high as he usually does, take a second to analyze because all he wants to do is throw the ball down into the hoop. But he did one where he drove to the basket and then he he flew past the basket and was in midair just trying to search for the three pointer to the three point shooter to kick it to. And I was like, that was pretty good. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that might be it on my Kaminga watch. Was there anything else? <laughs> no, it was a good one. It was a good Kaminga watch. I think there was a really good one after game one, too, but I missed it. So, yeah. yeah that's why you got you got to record all the games on Hulu because then you can just go through them again. I know. Um, there, There's one move I want him to learn, and he only has to go to the Jordan Poole school of pivot foot because he loves doing what Fitz calls that tornado move. If he does it, pivots off of that tornado move and stops, he's going to get some flybys and then some easy layups, I think. Uh, but he's got to, you know, he's got to get some, some of that. He's got to go to what Shaq would call feet work school. And, uh, but that, that would be the thing I would say, you know, you, you know, every, every, uh, they say, all, they say all the great ones put, one thing in their bag in the off season. And that mm-hmm. could be one for Kaminga to just, I'm super excited. Like I really hope Kaminga has just like a little bit of Jordan pool in him. Cause I've heard that work ethic with Jordan pool. I'm excited to see what Jordan pool does in the off season, what yeah. he brings to the table next year. And then obviously I want, I'd be, I'm super excited to see what Kaminga does too. Um, question for you. Do you think, Oh, oh around the NBA. Yeah. We're going to get to the, around the NBA, but we can, we can, this, this song is called feeding the ducks, by the way, too sexy. Turn it off. <laughs> uh, who do you who do you think like do you think there's going to be any surprise rotation guys that fill the GP spot like when we saw some Damian Lee tonight um you think it's just a little bit more Damian Lee or did they you know Iguodala might come back so I actually we might not I even hope it's to. Iguodala mm-hmm. but you know the problem with Iguodala is you know you talk about someone who doesn't want to shoot <laughs> I've, I haven't seen anybody in the history of the NBA who doesn't want to shoot more than Andre and who the defense just sags off of, which makes him not want to shoot even more. This feels new, but also we didn't really see him for most of the season, but I don't remember them backing off as much as they did in Denver. Like that. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe Memphis doesn't 
doesn't play him the same way, but Denver just treated him so disrespectfully. They should. The, the <laughs> Memphis is smart. They should play him like that because I mean, they're giving him the Aaron Gordon treatment too, or the Draymond treatment, and Iguodala is not willing to shoot it at all. No, so no. But I mean, he can get out and open floor. He can run. He's going to play yeah. smart defense. Uh, but I think he's, uh, you know, he's he's a spurts guy now. He's not a guy that you just go, okay, you know, we got 12 minutes left in this game, and he's playing the whole 12 minutes. It's just, it's not, it's it's probably not who he is anymore. But still, I'll take his his five minutes of smart basketball, um, as long as maybe that they, they can they can surround him with, with the shooting. So maybe he's mm-hmm. the only guy who 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 isn't going to pull the trigger. And yeah, right, yeah. doesn't get. The, I mean, sorry, uh, Iguodala doesn't. You know, he doesn't get that much minutes for the Warriors. But let's say you put him on like the Minnesota Timberwolves, they probably sweep that series just because Iguodala is such a good vet and knowing how to just slow the game down at the right time. And that's completely what the Minnesota Timberwolves needed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I didn't make a new slide or a new, uh, a new gra- uh, graphic for the around the NBA segment. So for game two, maybe, maybe it's Tatum because the Celtics blew out the, uh, the bucks in game two. Or in game one, it was Giannis who uh, who blew out the Celtics in, in the first game. Now, what's interesting about this series is, like, you watch the Warriors in Memphis, and, you know, they're still shooting a lot of three-pointers. We just mentioned, you know, Memphis shot, like, 40-something three-pointers. Warriors shot 30-something. Like, Boston shoots so many three-pointers. It's like a different basketball game, which... They can because they have they're so athletic, they're swarming every basketball. But the flip side is, is like you watch this Warriors game and there's a little bit of a grit and a grind to it, you know, which is kind of the Grizzlies mentality. Um, they slow the game down, you know, you're it, it's hard twos, you know, being being really what's deciding the game. And so this game's a little different because like you have Giannis who just kind of controls the whole court. The court is like his chess board, and it's Giannis is going like, okay. Here's what I want to do. I want to get this guy, and then I'm going to do this, and then this guy does this. And like he's the whole reason, right? He's the whole reason why things happen for that team, especially with Middleton out, because they don't really have anyone to bail out, you know, with open shots. But Boston is just like bing, 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 bing. Jason Tatum fakes like he's going to go, and then he kicks it out for three. Like that's how they play. So it's really interesting watching the two different styles. Like I prefer watching. Milwaukee a little bit more because it feels a little bit like real basketball and I watch Boston and it feels a little bit more like college basketball where you're just trying to find open shooters and and get open three pointers. But I mean, it's great strategy for for both sides. Who do you think is going to come out on top in this series? Because now by splitting it, the Bucks have home court going home. Um, I think if before the series started and before the series started, I probably would have taken the Celtics in seven just because I thought Middleton was going to be bigger, like a bigger blow than it was in game one. Um, but after seeing game one, like I feel like I'm just reminded that Giannis is the best player in the league. And then I would probably say Bucks in seven. But I, I just, I was really looking forward to this series in the sense that like how I'm watching Golden State versus Memphis, even though I'm mm-hmm. a Warriors fan, I'm sure as an NBA fan, this game. I, I mean, I, I, the series so far has to have been very entertaining in all aspects of 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 it because you have like the refs in game one and then <laughs> Jaw blowing the layup, you know, the Splash Bros, you know, it's just all like the entertainment factors there. I feel like there's been two blowout games so far in a series I was really looking forward to. Yeah. Um, so I still, I'm going to go, uh, see, I want to go with my gut and go Celtics and seven, but I'm just going to go Bucks because I think Giannis is, is him. Giannis is that guy. So. Yeah, it, and I I feel like I think I think he may be a little bit worn down. On, do we know when Middleton's coming back? He's missing the whole series. So, yeah, so I I feel like Boston's going to eventually wear him down. Uh, and 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 a lot of it is just because Tatum can almost match him, right? Like last year, I don't think Tatum could have played, you know, played him up as a star versus star. And this year. If he can't, he's really close. So that, mm. that's a big part of it. So uh, Phoenix and Dallas, I know we were kind of thinking maybe Dallas gives them a little bit of a run for their money, but the way that those teams play, it almost looks like Dallas is the perfect matchup for Phoenix if you're a Phoenix fan. Yeah, that's so tough. I was super looking forward to this series because I thought 
I thought like like the Warriors, um, the Mavericks had a pretty hot hot uh, end to the to the season, and I I just think Luca's amazing. But you know they play that similar offense to what the Rockets did when James Harden and Chris Paul were on that team, very heliocentric. And the only difference is, is that Capella could shoot threes. Uh, on the they have a Maxi Kleba and Powell that actually can shoot. They could play a five out. And but the thing is with uh, the difference between the Capella and those stretch fives is that then the stretch fives aren't as good as like, you know, the pick and roll and the lob threat. But I was uh, it, it just seems like heliocentric, like as like have they made the I, I heard like the only one that's made and won the finals is the Allen Iverson uh, Sixers. So I, I guess it just might not be a, a winning success anymore. But I was really hoping that this series I'm still hoping I, I still think that Luca can uh it seemed like an off night for Brunson and Dinwiddie who were like major key pieces to the Maverick success and Luca went off so if Luca goes off again I'd expect it and you know Brunson and and Dinwiddie step it up just a little bit I mean sure they it would look like a blowout for most of the game I think the game they kept everyone kept playing hard until the end it's not like subs came in and it was only like a 10 point game to end the game I I think the one thing that you cannot, and, and we talked about this as, as like the main theme for the, the unanswerable question for the Warriors and Nuggets was, uh, you know, health, right? And it's really caught them, it's really kicked them in the butt a little bit with GP going out um, and Draymond, you know, getting hit in the face. That stuff is so unpredictable. If if I'm Dallas, you want to win one in Phoenix because you want to extend these guys. You want to extend... Chris Paul into game seven. Devin Booker's got this bad hamstring that he's probably coming back a little bit too early for that. You know, Jay Crowder is a super physical player and he's always in the mix. So I, I, if you're Dallas, you got to steal one in Phoenix and then you got to extend this thing as far as, as you can, because you know, it's an the couple of the players on that team are susceptible to injuries, and and so that's why you got to extend them a little bit. Um, and then the last series seems so sad because of uh, of no Embiid, uh, Miami and Philadelphia. I don't even think Miami is like I think Miami is a really good B plus team in the East. Like they they play a certain brand of basketball, and and they can beat anybody. But it's like the last team that I want to see Me too. continue to I'm, go on. <laughs> Sorry, Obi. I it's do like not a, want to see. <laughs> it's like I want to see Embiid. I want to see Tatum. I want to see Giannis. I don't know if I want to see Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. Like they're mm-hmm. fine. They're okay. But I don't know if that's who I want to see come out from the East. So I'm kind of just like slightly just rooting against them in in all the series. Um, but uh, that's that seems like a foregone conclusion if they go up 2-0. And then if you get Embiid back, then you got to win four out of five. Whew, that is tough. Yeah, no, I think the Heat are moving on. And in the beginning of the season, Obi's been bringing it up on almost every single basketball pod we do. I swear it gets annoying. But I had said that I thought the Heat would be the sixth seed, not because of talent. I thought they were top three seed in terms of talent, but because you have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Kyle Lowry. Bam's not that old, but Bam, I don't think he plays 82-game series. He's always mm-hmm. pretty injured in the regular season. Same with Jimmy. Kyle Lowry's pretty old, and it's same thing with him. And I was right. They were very injured throughout the whole year, but what I was wrong about is that they were still able to be a first seed. Um, and so I think I've been like out... I've I've been... Uh, I'm, I'm a little... What's the right word here? Like I my judgment's a little messed with because I, I get annoyed that Obi brings it up every time. And I'm just kind of praying. I'm like you, I'm kind of praying on their downfall a little bit. And I, they, they don't regardless, they don't seem like a fun team to me to see in the finals, like not competition wise. I'm sure they're good. You know, they're a good team. I just, there's not, not that many sexy names, man. And I, what I was going to end with was, you know, I was giving them a little slack not, I was giving them a little, um, you know, my judgment a little off again. And I'm saying, oh, the Heat have an easy trip to the finals. They get they get the the play in it. But that's what you get when you're the one seed. You are able, you, you, you get that like that's what that's what happens when you when you play really well in the in the regular season. You get to play Trey Young in the first round, the Cruddy Hawks. You get to play the 76ers who are without Embiid because they played a really hard se- uh series the series before. Like, and now you're gonna get to play. I have the Heat winning this, but now you get to play 
a Celtics or a Bucks team that absolutely killed each other in seven games, you know? So that's just, that's just what, uh, getting the first seed, you know, you always want to get the first seed because that stuff will go in your favor. Yeah. The, for, for those who are, who may have not heard our first show, Obi is uh, Obina. He was on our first, our very first podcast after Warriors Nuggets game one. I'm sure at some point he will, he will be back, especially if uh, if the heat move on, we'll have to bring him <laughs> on. But um, all right, so I think that is it. Um, I think we're done. You know, we didn't we didn't really get to make it a pool party today, even though yeah. Jordan played fairly well. Uh, he uh, obviously he didn't shoot as well, just like the rest of the their guys. But ultimately, uh, I think the Warriors would be happy with splitting two games in Memphis. If you were to say. You know, you lose Draymond for one of those games. Now, you know, I don't think anybody would want to predict injuries, but, you know, you lose GP and that that's going to hurt and they're going to have to figure out that scenario because the reason why GP was starting in this lineup was because of his ability to, to play defense. So that is a break, right? And we'll see what happens with Dylan Brooks too. If Dylan Brooks has, uh, you know, if he gets suspended or whatever, I, I hate to say that he deserves to get suspended because I I don't think that he you know he didn't mean to hurt anybody he just made a mistake he made a bad play um you know if if he if he was you know if he did that to Draymond then maybe then maybe you're like okay that that was kind of on purpose and no one's trying to hurt GP on purpose you know, it was just a bad play it. it was a reckless before- play. Before we end it, man, you know, I was a little too young for this, but I do remember it. Wasn't it like Saints versus Niners? And they they had a little microphone in the in the room and the Saints were going to the coach was telling them to be like dirty. a bounty. Yeah, yeah, we need we need that. In practice, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> but, you know, I, what I will say about that play is as a basketball player, you know, that is the mo- that is where you are the most vulnerable is oh, in yeah. the air, totally. especially when you're at an angle like that. Like, you just don't do that, man. That's he's, like he's play, never that's he's played Danny Green. That's like. He's never going to block that shot ever. Never, never, never. going to block that. He had shot. to come over his head too, like it was a left hand. To like you just, oh, G- GP is so much more athletic than Dylan Brooks as well. Now, if it's Nemanja Bjelica and you're trying to take advantage of his non-athleticism, that's one thing. But G- GP rivals Wiggins and and Ja when it comes to the hops. So yeah, it was just a ba- it was a bad play. It was a reckless play. If you ask him, would, would he do it again? He would not do it again because he put his team into tremendous deficit by getting kicked out of that game. And, you know, he's he's just as important as a defender as GP is. Does that mean he should have to sit out the whole series? Like if the world was fair, maybe. But uh, I'll be interested. You know, I, I'll be surprised yeah, if they suspend him, um, especially because, you know, Draymond didn't get suspended any more than than he was, but I don't think those two plays are comparable. One was super dirty, so at all. and one was uh, just unfortunate. Like Dray- Draymond swiped in the in the wrong spot, um, just being active. So, all right, that's it from here. We will be back after. Wait, unless you're going to San Francisco again <laughs> on Saturday, <laughs> I will keep you updated. <laughs> we'll see. I think we'll, we'll probably be back on on Saturday, but uh, if not, then on on Monday. Uh, all right, so um, that is it from here. Uh, I am Double G for Bry. See you when we see you. Peace out.